Hello Grace242, I'm coming to you probably for the last time from the Grace242 offices. Governor Evers just gave the order today that the state will be closed tomorrow. So when I leave here, it'll be for the last time for a while. So we'll see where I come to you from in next week's message. But for this week, we are going to read Genesis 2 verses 1 to 3, and then we're going to flip over to Leviticus chapter 25, and we'll read verses 1 to 5 and verses 20 to 22 of Leviticus chapter 5. But we'll begin with Genesis chapter 2 verses 1 to 3. So the creation of the heavens and the earth and everything in them was completed. On the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation, so he rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy, because it was the day when he rested from all his work of creation. And now Leviticus chapter 5, verses 1 to 5. While Moses was on Mount Sinai, the Lord said to him, Give the following instructions to the people of Israel. When you have entered the land I am giving you, the land itself must observe a Sabbath rest before the Lord every seventh year. For six years you may plant your fields and prune your vineyards and harvest your crops. But during the seventh year the land must have a Sabbath year of complete rest. It is the Lord's Sabbath. Do not plant your fields or prune your vineyards during that year, and don't store away the crops that grow on their own or gather the grapes from your unpruned vines. The land must have a year of complete rest. And now verses 20 to 22. But you might ask, what will we eat during the seventh year, since we are not allowed to plant or harvest crops that year? Be assured that I will send my blessing for you in the sixth year, so the land will produce a crop large enough for three years. When you plant your fields in the eighth year, you will still be eating from the large crop of the sixth year. In fact, you will still be eating from that large crop when the new crop is harvested in the ninth year. As a kid, Sunday afternoons were second only to Friday nights as the best part of the week. Friday nights were the best because it was the start of the weekend, and you usually got to do something social, and you usually got to stay up a little bit later because you didn't have to wake up for school the next morning. But Sunday afternoons were the best because they were a rare moment of total freedom. My parents usually pretty consistently took a nap on Sunday afternoons, so I was free! I was free to do whatever I wanted. I could watch a movie, although I was taped off of television because we didn't spend a whole lot of money on movies. I could play outside, I could play on the computer, I could build Legos in my room. Basically, I was free to do whatever I wanted to do, and these moments of freedom were quite rare. Now, Sunday night, however, was a bit of a downer because you're saying goodbye to the weekend, and there's usually homework to finish up, and supper was always Get your own. Bleh. <laughs> Although for a while there, Sunday nights meant a new episode of either America's Funniest Home Videos or Lois and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman. So that was something to look forward to. My parents were pretty committed when it came to observing Sabbath. Growing up, we didn't go out to eat on Sundays and we didn't go to stores. If we went somewhere on Sundays, it was either to church or grandma's house, basically. My parents, for the most part, treated Sunday as a Sabbath day of rest. Sunday was a different day for us as a family. My dad didn't go to work. We kids didn't go to school. It was a day of rest and play. It was a day where the normal routine of work and school stopped so that we could take time to rest, be with the Lord, and play. 
The first three verses of Genesis chapter 2 establish this pattern, this rhythm of work and rest. For six days God worked creating the cosmos, and then on the seventh day God rests from his work and blesses the Sabbath day as a Sabbath day. Blesses the seventh day as a Sabbath day. From the outset, the rhythm of work and rest is established. God establishes this pattern of work and rest at creation, and then he's going to reinforce that pattern of work and Sabbath when he covenants with his people Israel at the foot of Mount Sinai in the book of Leviticus. Look at Leviticus chapter 25. Now, you thought we were done with Leviticus, didn't you? <laughs> but here we are right back in it. Leviticus chapter 25 verses 3 to 4 say, For six years you may plant your fields and prune your vineyards and harvest your crops. But during the seventh year, the land must have a Sabbath year of complete rest. It is the Lord's Sabbath. Do not plant your fields or prune your vineyards during that year. In the same way that humans were to work for six days and then rest on the seventh day, the land was to be worked for six years and planted for six years, and then on the seventh year, the land was to be left alone. It was to be left fallow. You were not supposed to plant or work it. It was a Sabbath year for the land. I feel like this unprecedented shutdown of the world for COVID-19 is in some ways like a forced Sabbath. We've been forced to stop in so many aspects of our life. We've been forced to stop going to movie theaters. We've been forced to stop playing sports. Many of us have been forced to stop going into work and are now working from home. And some of us have even experienced the tragedy of stopping work altogether because our job has been eliminated or because we've been laid off. We've been forced to stop gathering. <laughs> one of my favorite memes that I've seen about the shutdown is this one. It says, take it down, Karen, it's illegal. <laughs> it's referring to the sign gather in the home. But in many ways, this world shutdown is like a forced Sabbath. We are being forced to stop our daily rhythm. And as we're forced to stop our normal lives, and as we experience this forced Sabbath, there are two things that I'd like us to consider. Number one, I think this forced Sabbath is an opportunity to evaluate our busy lives. Busyness is a virtue in our culture. Busyness gives the veneer of producing, and our culture measures your value largely by what you produce. I think this forced stoppage is a ripe opportunity for us to evaluate how much time and energy and resources we've poured into the various endeavors in our lives. And right now, as most of what we'd normally put our energy into is on hold, I'd like to ask, is that worth it? Is it valuable? Is whatever you poured so much of your time and energy into, is that something that God values? Our culture measures according to busyness, but whatever is keeping you so busy, is that something that God measures? Is that something that God values? I think we're being forced in this time of world shutdown to evaluate what keeps us so busy. When life was normal, what sucked up our time and energy? And whatever that is, is that something God values? Is that something God will measure you by? The second thing I'd like us to consider is that the seventh day was an establishment of a rhythm of life. Six days of work followed by a seventh day of rest. But the seventh day was also an installation of God as king over the cosmos. 
There's a scholar by the name of John Walton at Wheaton College who has studied Genesis in light of other ancient Near Eastern literature. And I am personally grateful for John Walton's work because I feel like it opens up these rich layers to the scriptures. And John Walton concludes that the seventh day is the installation of God as reigning over the cosmos he has just built. The seventh day is where God transitions from the work of building the cosmos to now ruling over the cosmos that he has made. Walton simply says this, he says, after creation, God takes up his rest and rules from his residence. You know, a lot of people have their eyes glued on the White House right now. And as you know, there's no shortage of opinions about the White House. And <laughs> probably taking a risk by saying this, but truthfully, there's part of me that just wants to fire all of Washington, D.C. right now. Fire everybody. <laughs> Clean house. <laughs> but Inauguration Day, when you think of the presidency, Inauguration Day is a transition. The president goes from president-elect to the president of the United States. On Inauguration Day, the president takes control in the Oval Office and begins the work of executing. The seventh day is God's inauguration as king over the cosmos. On the human side, the seventh day establishes for humans the stoppage of work. It is a day to stop production and enjoy the presence and reign of the king. But stoppage of work means stoppage of production, which means stoppage of income. In choosing to stop working, we are choosing to stop at whatever it is that produces our income. This was not lost on the Israelites when they're instructed not to plant their fields in the seventh year. The Israelites, by and large, made their income from farming. And to not plant a field for a whole year meant a dramatic decrease in income. Look at Leviticus 25, 20. But, you might ask, what will we eat during this seventh year? since we are not allowed to plant or harvest crops that year. And as soon as God anticipates this question on behalf of the people, he answers it in 21:22. Be assured, God says, that I will send my blessing for you in the sixth year, so the land will produce a crop large enough for three years. When you plant your fields in the eighth year, you will still be eating from the large crop of the seventh year. In fact, you will still be eating from that large crop when the new crop is harvested in the ninth year. God promises that if the people are faithful to stop working, He will make up the difference. He will continue to provide. I mean, after all, He is the King of the cosmos. If He's the King of the cosmos, then He's also the King of the harvest. As we're forced into Sabbath, and as we're forced to stop our normal rhythm of life, I think we're being presented with an opportunity to trust in God's reign. I think we're all being tested to trust in His provision. Some of us have already lost our incomes. Some of us have been laid off. Some of us have had to go through the pain of laying other people off. Some of us are wondering if our business will survive all of this shutdown. And I think we need to run to the promises of God that if He is king over the cosmos, then He is king over the Sabbath. And if He is king over the Sabbath that He established, then He will provide. Our God is the king. Praise God.